one mic. Yo, what's up? This is Dwight. You tuned into another episode of One Mic with Dwight. Apparently, I'm doing this for myself. All the wrong reasons, because the only way that, the only way that you can reach me is if you email me at one mike dwight at gmail.com that's the number one m-i-c d-w-i-g-h-t at gmail.com i'm not on any uh social media platforms currently at this moment so i don't really promote this and i don't know how to get it out so and i don't do it consistently either and my subject matter is pretty much just my random thoughts that go into my head so I appreciate you listening and tuning in and um, just basically, I guess, going in inside my head. With that being said, it kind of shows you where I'm at in life. Uh, it's basically a whole lot of acceptance. I love where I'm at. I think I have a dope-ass life. You know, I give gratitude every single night, at least three times in the morning and several times at night. And... I have a uh, deep and uh, uh, intimate connection with uh, the Almighty, the Creator, the One, the Only uh, God. And when I say God, it's not the God that you may be thinking of, but it's the God of my understanding. And as I've gotten to know myself a lot more, I've gotten to know my Creator a lot more, And it's a very parallel feeling because when I think about how other people think of God, I think of them created in his image. So if somebody doesn't believe in God, I, my perception is that they don't believe in themselves either. And when somebody thinks that God is a joke, it kind of comes across that uh, their life is a joke also. And then there's also some people out there that think of themselves separately from, from God. And I believe that there is a disconnect in their relationship. So when I say that uh, God and I are one and the same, I mean, the image of him, the best way to explain it on a human platform is that Frank is my dad and whether you believe in him or not, he is my father and I am in the image of him, even though I, his mission for me is to be better and more prosperous than he is. And that's kind of the relationship that I have with God. My, my dad, Frank is a man and I have to believe in something greater than man in order to uh, believe the unbelievable in order to have a vision that nobody else can see, in order to um, accomplish the goals that I want in life, I have to see past the things that are presented to me created by man. So that just kind of goes from my biological father to my spiritual father and also in the relationship that it is with myself. So... Uh, A lot of times when I speak about God to people, they have this preconceived notion of what God is. And it's basically what they've been taught. 
And I think that that's necessary to have a basis upon, but then it's up to the individual. And if you believe in free will to create a God of your understanding, my God is the beginning, the end, um, Buddha, Yahweh, Allah, Jesus, all of those are in the image of my God, of my understanding. Um, so as once again, I, I, I develop <clears throat> a growth mindset and I discover new religions and I uh, discover new cultures. And as I travel and I read and I see how people are, you know, basically the things that attract me to them is that they are better than what they were yesterday, that they have a growth mindset, regardless of the religion. I know it's my God at work. And for any people who have doubt, who see the negativity, who ask me, well, if there's a God, why is all of this happening? Why is, you know, the kid that went through what he went through in Memphis, you know, what happened to him and, and RIP? I just say that, you know, luckily I don't have to answer that. I don't have the answers. I'm not speaking for uh, the God of my understanding. And I don't speak on behalf of him, just like a lot of white people who assume that I speak on behalf of all black people. I can only give just my opinion. So once again, thank you for tuning in and listening to what I believe is my opinion at this moment and allowing me to figure things out on this microphone as I continue to grow. Speaking of the, uh, the uh, situation that happened in Memphis, you know, I did not watch the video. I did not watch the video to George Floyd. <clears throat> For me, I feel like my my responses to things, you know, to to stressful events is either fight or flight. And to think that that's something that's happening, you know, in today's times what causes trauma for me is when I can do neither. When I, when, when I can't flee and I can't fight. And so basically I freeze that, that gives me a, a sense of powerlessness and it gives me a sense of, of lower self-worth because I can't make a difference. And my brain does not know that that is a screen image on the television. My brain thinks it's real and that's how it interprets it. So when I watch things like that, or even when I listen to things like that, the way that it, that it travels to my brain, it gives me a traumatic feeling of powerlessness and, and, and self, you know, self doubt and a lot of unworthiness because I can't fight or I can't flee. So I don't watch that stuff. And also for the simple fact that it's not going to change my mind about how I see the American justice system. It's not going to change my mind on how I feel about the police. Um, it's not going to change my mind on how I see um, others as they see me. So one more video, if anything, I see it desensitizing people. They're getting used to it. And it, even though it is traumatic, um, people still, I, I don't know how much people do change from it. I don't think that they get better from it. 
I think that, you know, we still march and we still protest and there's things going on. But for me to make Black Lives Matter, I have to make Black Lives Matter. And screaming it and protesting it for me, because I do think that there's more than one answer. I do think that it takes more than one gesture. So I'm me doing my part is out there, number one, bringing awareness to this podcast, supporting uh, black businesses, and um, reaching out to black children to be a mentor and some sort of guidance, and to be of service to all, to, to show others who even have doubt that, you know, here is a black man that cares about you, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your gender, regardless of your sexual identity, uh, regardless of your income, regardless of your nationality, and so forth, regardless of your age, disability, uh, whatever we use to separate us, I am going to be of best service to you as I can. And uh, that, to me, is in the image of the one, the higher power that I call God. So whatever makes me a better man, whether you believe in God or not, understand that I believe in you. And so does my God. You don't have to. You don't have to. And I'm not asking you to. That's the thing. It's like I'm not trying to convert anybody uh, to, to, uh, to believe in the spirituality and the, 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 the consciousness that, that I follow. Because the simple fact that I'm still... Uh, figuring things out. I don't have a definite answer, but for me, I have to make tangible conclusions in my life in order to develop the sense of spirituality that and consciousness that I have uh, for the God of my understanding. So anyways, yeah, I didn't watch the video and a lot of people that actually are around me didn't watch it either. And so it's not to say that we ignore what's going on out there, but in my lifetime, this has happened since Rodney King. And I've also seen, you know, historical videos of police beatings. And I believe what did it for me was uh, Philando uh, Castile. When a cop, you know, shoots a, a man, who does everything he's supposed to do in front of his child. Uh, that's why I ended up getting a tattoo on my arm of the Black Panther. And uh, it was it was because of that. That was, that, that was the last thing that I would have to say is, is what did it for me as far as like uh, my belief in the American justice system. Other than that, I have made it to my celibacy for over a year and I had this image of myself waking up January 26 with all my exes and every lady that I had sex with uh, clapping for me as I walked down the hall you know pat me on the back saying you did it you fucking did it Dwight you're the, you're the man you know and everybody forgiving me and 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 we're sharing laughs and you know, we just end up in, you know, like a big old jacuzzi and have a big orgy and I just have sex with them all. But uh, that didn't happen. And if you're one of my exes, you know, that 
happens to be listening to this, why not? You know, you got the invitation. But no, seriously, um, for me, it's not like I was locked up in prison. You know, I'm not, you know, it's, it's a kind of, I kind of think of it like the perception of a dry drunk. You know, I, I wasn't sitting there just not drinking in order to make it a year. You know, I wasn't sitting there just not, I was, I was developing, you know, and rewiring my brain. And once you go on this journey, you, you come out differently. You know, it's the process on, on that journey that, that, you know, I, I transmuted my sexual urges into things that were positive. I, you know, just became so consciously aware of, you know, just, just if I was being an empathetic listener or if I was asking enough questions, uh, there was a couple of situations where I was involved with somebody and luckily because I was, you know, self-disciplined with my celibacy, I dodged a couple of bullets, you know, it was, it was people that I would normally sleep with, you know, within minutes, if not days. And because, you know, I actually got to know them as a person, whenever we parted ways, it wasn't so messy. You know, it wasn't so because because we haven't exchanged those vulnerabilities and and those parts, even though, you know, a lot of women these days, they seem like, you know, they, they are, you know, very uh, sexually independent and secure in their sexuality and they can sleep with whoever and whenever and however um, for me, that loses the intimacy that I've actually been longing for. The reason why I even started having the sexual addiction and having multiple partners and becoming enslaved to those urges was because I was trying to fill a void. Like if you're starving for food and the only thing around you is fast food, you're still not getting the nourishments that you need from an actual home cooked meal. And so that's basically what I was learning to do whenever I was not having sex. I was learning to cook for myself. I was learning the ingredients of what makes a relationship work. And once again, going back to, you know, my higher power, if I can't imagine myself praying with you, I can't imagine myself laying with you. And on top of that, I had to develop the things in order what I felt like I have to offer in a relationship that's going to solidify the relationship that I'm actually uh, demanding from the lady in my life. And when I say demand, I don't mean forcefully, but I mean that there is no, there's no compromise because I'm not compromising myself. I'm not negotiating with myself. So I'm not negotiating with this relationship. So these are my list of demands, so to speak. And these are the things that I have to offer. And this is not a request out there for all these women to come knocking at my door by any means. And the whole thing about that I was saying about the exes was just a joke. All I need is one. And all I need is one to understand that what I'm asking for is what they've been preparing for their whole life for this moment. Just like I've been going through what I went through in order to be ready for them at this moment. And that's the vibration and the frequencies that I'm putting out there. Uh, because as, as once again, I don't care about your sexual identity or your gender 
or your age or anything like that or your your social status or you know whatever you want to go pronoun you want to go by it's for the simple fact that what i'm asking for in a relationship and and what's going to make me a better person has to be under these certain circumstances now do i need to reveal these circumstances is it is it that serious because once again it's not about the details on what I'm asking. It may not fit you. Matter of fact, I know it won't fit you because that's not the attraction that I'm putting out. And so it's not to say that there's a right or wrong way into a relationship. What I'm saying is, is that I know what's right for me. And I know that the things that I say when I say them to this person, they're going to receive that as the right way. Because the, the, um, because the way that it's going to work for me in a relationship, if we are vibing, if we're on the same frequency level and everything like that, we still have to work out the, the, all the preset things that we actually assume is actually going for us. Uh, it's boring. It's not romantic. But it's how I learn and how we actually learn to get to know each other also. And once those things are set, once those values are established, once those uh, things that we share are, are agreed upon, that's when we can just focus on the growth of the relationship. So for me to go into a relationship and just assuming that someone is a certain way because we just seem to get along, especially during the honeymoon phase. That's not realistic for me, and that's actually a waste of time. So that's why, you know, there has to be a certain amount of time that we actually get to know each other before we have sex. That's why, you know, like I said, we have to come to an agreement upon our roles in the relationship at the moment. And as the relationship evolves, how our roles change and how, you know, it's nice to keep things new and it's nice to, to be able to, and change is hard and change is painful, but to understand that we are on the same page as we grow together, that's what makes the relationship more stable is, is the strength that you go through all those hard times with. So. Uh, let's see here. What else? Um, yeah, just basically, you know, just just where I am in life right now. Uh, I know that in my 20s, I always sought to be right. I was always out there, you know, trying to talk someone down. By any means, I wanted to win. In my 30s, I felt like it was more important to be understood. And what I realized is that, you know, no matter what I say, and, and it just depends on the other person who's receiving it. You know, they, they got their own past and they interpret their words the same a certain way. They may never understand me. And so that's why when I got into my mid 40s, it was just about basically how you hear this and how you receive this is what you're supposed to hear. That's how you're supposed to get it, because wherever you are in your life, that's the message that is being brought to you. Even though I can say the same thing to three different people, one person's going to love it, 
one person's going to hate it and one person's going to be curious about it. And then if you add more people, then there's just going to be more different opinions. And that's fine because I know I'm not for everyone and I'm not trying to be for everyone. But if I can make the difference in one person's life, as random as these podcasts come out, as random and, and rambling on as I say, then it's worth it. Because basically, I do these podcasts for me. I do it to stay sober. I do it to, um, to, to check in. And to be honest with you, a lot of people, you know, they want to play this catch up thing, you know, whenever I see them out. Because once again, I'm not on social media. A lot of people don't know what's going on in my life. So they're like, hey, let's get coffee. Let's, let's get caught up. I'm too busy building. So what I'll do is I'll send them this episode of my podcast and I'll be like, this is the update. So it saves me time. Also, because I journal and because I write down ideas, I write down so much that, you know, and it's for me because that's the thing. The goals that I accomplish in life is not going to be a big deal to a lot of people. The fact that I went celibate for a year plus now is not a big deal to a lot of people who have gone without sex longer than that. It's not a competition and I'm not a litmus test to see if you're a sex addict or not. The point of the matter is, is that when I set a goal and I set up a system in order to develop and achieve that goal, that's the blueprint. So regardless of what you are trying to do and regardless of whatever I try to my my next goal in line, all, all I do is replace, you know, a couple of things, but the system is still the same. It's still the 12 steps. And... Anything that, you know, if, if that keeps me from being my best self, that is unmanageable for me now. It, because, you know, once again, going back to my creator and my higher power, I believe that heaven is on earth. And anytime that I've actually been my full potential, anytime that I've actually used all the gifts that the God that of my understanding has given to me, I've got to taste a little bit of heaven. I haven't agreed upon with a lot of people and I've been off, you know, I haven't been on the same page with a lot of people, but then when things click together and I get the respect that I need from certain people, I get the encouragement that I need from other people. And then I get the opportunities that I need from most people. And when I either learn or, or, you know, it's a miracle that seems to happen. That to me is heaven. And as far as hell goes, it's when I give in to every single temptation. I give in to my desires. I lose my self-will. I lose my self-worth. I lose my self-discipline. To me, that feels like hell. The guilt and the shame, the fear, that is my hell. It may not be hell for a lot of people. A lot of people may even live in that because my definition of heaven is definitely different than yours. My definition of hell is different. My definition of success is different. But the fact of the matter is, is that the feeling, the feeling of powerlessness is the same. Don't get lost in the details of what we're doing as individuals that separates us but the motivation that we use in order to achieve the things that the greatness that we deserve. If I'm not better tomorrow than what I was today by my standards, not yours or anybody else's, but what I've written down, if I can't check that box off, then my mission's not complete. And then I, if, if, if I'm blessed to have God put air in my lungs and I rise again, it's because 
the God of my understanding knows that the mission is not accomplished and I get another chance. And that's how I wake up. I wake up with purpose. I wake up with goals. And it's nothing to do with the, the benefits of that is that I end up with the lady in my life. The benefits of that is I end up with my car paid off. The benefits of that is that I end up, you know, owning a home. And I'm not bragging because, like I said, a lot of people have their car paid off. A lot of people have homes and they don't believe in God. But from where I was, from from being, from being having a felony, from where I was, from having the doubt of, of my own existence, from where I was, from breaking my mother's heart and disappointing my dad, this is my heaven and it only gets better. And so that, once again, is what I'm trying to share with most of you guys out there is that you don't have to achieve the things that I achieve in order to consider yourself great. But if you are where in a certain place in your life and then tomorrow you're at a better place in your life because of the little things that you wrote down, the little meditations that you did and the little exercises that you started to strive for, then just give me an email at onemikedwight at gmail.com and say thank you. I listened to it. I listened to all your bullshit and I thought you was full of shit, but then I tried it. I wrote some stuff down. I gave myself some affirmations. I started developing a relationship with a higher power. You know, if you're if you're Christian, I'm not trying to tell you to go away from Jesus. If you're if you're, you know, Muslim, I'm not trying to tell you to go away from any God of your understanding. But what I'm saying is, is that the more that you develop that relationship, the more that you believe in that from from your own from your own self. You will see God in you, the God of your understanding. And so people who have trust issues, they don't trust God. They don't trust themselves. It's not about not trusting everybody because you thought that they weren't going to hurt you. That's dumb. That's dumb. You should be your own judge of character. And you should understand that you put yourself in a position to be taken advantage of. And that that should be a lesson. Not to sit here and say, oh, well, I trusted him, so he should trust me. It doesn't work like that. If I sit here and I have a best friend and he runs his mouth all the time, I'm not going to sit here and ask him to, to keep a secret because he's my best friend. I trusted you not to tell anybody. Well, you told somebody. You're the one that first broke that code and told somebody, even if it was your best friend. And then you're going to ask your best friend not to tell anybody, knowing that that best friend runs their mouth anyway. You, 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 you t use this best friend for promotions. Don't use them to keep secrets. The person that you did dirt with, that's the person that has your secret. And if you're the only one that did the dirt, well, then maybe you should develop a higher power and share it with that person, too. But don't sit here and rely on man. Man is fallible. Man, man, men lie, cheat still. And yet you want to sit here and say that you got trust issues with man. No, the trust issue is with yourself. Men act the way. And when I say men, I mean humans. Humans act the way that they're supposed to. 
But just because they don't work the way that we want them to work, we have trust issues with them. That doesn't make any sense for the simple fact that if you sit here and you trust the right person for the right task at hand in a certain situation, then that trust is going to be fortified. But if you trust the wrong person, now how do you know who to trust? It starts with trusting yourself, listening to your gut instincts. And where does that come from? It comes from my higher power. The more faith and trust that I have in God and the more belief and the more ways that I'm actually make that able to be tangible, because I'm not talking about blind faith. I'm talking about things that I have to see. I'm talking about the fact that the goals that I set for myself seem nearly impossible when I set them. But then once I start going and I believe in myself, opportunities open up. And I don't believe that that's coincidence. I don't believe that I, you know, was was living from paycheck to paycheck. And because of my relationship with the higher power of my understanding, I'm making stock market tips and I'm helping out my, my daughter now, you know, as far as like furthering her financial education. I don't believe that, you know, it's a coincidence that I slept with five different women in seven days. I can't believe that I, you know, would watch porn before I went to work and after I went to work. And then I go a whole year without having sex. And, you know, I go 90 days at a time without watching porn. And my goal now is to go a whole year without watching porn. And to know that there is a lady in my life that is on her way at this moment because of the vibrations and the and the and and the laws of attraction that I'm putting out there in order to better myself, I wasn't worthy of that woman yet. And she was on this journey. She's always been on her way. But now it's getting closer. And even though I can't see her with my eyes, with the optics that I have in my head, I see her in my heart because I have that faith. The much as much as I believe in myself and I believe in God, I believe the lady on my life is on her way. And I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, there's going to be a couple of other ladies before her because God damn it, it has been a year. So I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm going to go off on that route either, but man, the flesh is weak and I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. However, all the stuff that I've achieved during this time, all the, all the, all the goals, I'm not going to sit here and just throw it away just for some pussy right now. I'm not, I can't, the desire for sex is so strong that I take that energy and I use it to develop so much more in my life. So I'm not denying myself the sexual satisfaction, but just the way that I transfer that energy and that focus and that time into something more productive that I can actually see that is the tangible assets that my God has provided for me. It's not a coincidence. If you truly do have trust issues, there's 12 promises in the big book. In the big book, if you don't know what that is, it might be the Bible. I don't know, but it's in my AA book. And that's what I call the big book. So, so if you do have trust issues, you know, hey, if you do these 12 things, you get these 12 promises. And if you do them 100%, you'll get 100% back. If you do it 50%, you get half-ass back. You can't sit here and 
go in and be like, oh, well, I tried it and have all this doubt. If you believe in these 12 steps and you believe in yourself, then best believe it's going to come true. So anyways, I just wanted to check in with you guys because for the simple fact that I wanted to know um, how I, what, where, where I was at in my life. And, uh, you know, just, just wanted to share that uh, the, the volunteer work is still going. I got a whole bunch of people, um, you know, who are, who are in love with this gumbo that I'm making and they actually want to know what's next. For me, it's a beautiful outlet to uh, cook for others. Uh, you know, God has blessed me once again. So now I am actually donating a lot of my profits to a community center that's uh, pretty much right across the street from me. That's how dope my life is, is, is that, you know, I am able in a position to give um, and, and that builds my self-worth and, and my character. Because regardless if it's been a year that I haven't had sex, regardless if it's been 10 years that I haven't had a drink, time doesn't mean shit. That time is irrelevant. It's what I'm during, doing during that time that makes it so valuable. So there are people out there who probably have two years of sobriety and have sponsored way more alcoholics than I have. And I'm not, it's not a competition, but what I look at is a goal. And if I see somebody achieving that shit and I think it's good, then I do what they do. If somebody has what I want, I do what they do. And I do it my way. But the blueprint is there. Why would I sit here and go through all the trials and tribulations and mistakes on my own when someone else has already done it and they can show me? I don't care if you're younger than me. I don't care, you know, what your sexual identity is. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your social status is. If you have something that I want, I am going to learn from you. And I'm going to treat you with respect charitably. It's not about an age thing. It's not about a black or white thing. Not for me. I accept information and I value it more than currency. So what I say to you guys and what I'm bringing out to you guys is not just from, you know, a 47-year-old black man that lives in Springfield, Missouri. It's from the experiences of all these people that have been in my life, all these books that I've read, all these travels that I've gone through, all these experiences for the sake of just experiencing life that I bring to you. And that's why I have a podcast. That's why I share my thoughts. And I don't speak on behalf of anyone else except for myself. Because how I interpret what they've given me and the information that they bring is based upon that. It's based on my life and how I perceive it. So I don't mean to misquote or butcher up anything, um, but basically that's just where I come from. So signing off, this is One Mike Dwight. Once again, I can be reached at the number one, M-I-C-D-W-I-G-H-T. Unfortunately, that's the only way you're going to be able to get a hold of me. Unless you want to come over. If you're in Springfield, give me a shout out. You can come over and we can chop it up a bit. If I touched on anything that you want me to go deeper on, once again, just email me at One Mike Dwight. And I'll hide you later. Love you. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Oh, na, na, na. Turn my mic up. Give me some, give me some trouble. Yo, 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 yo. One mic.
mic.